Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The first time in a while, welcome back to everyone. We're talking baseball. We are also live on TikTok for the first time in a long time, so we are doing both here, but we are going to jump right into the content. We're talking all 30 teams playing time trends, so let's go ahead and... uh, Jump over to the Braves. We're going to start with the American League, or the, sorry, the National League, obviously. And from the NL, we'll go team by team. Try to st- stick with divisions. I should probably pull do it. All right, we'll do it as if I'm writing my lineup takeaways, which I do for the Patreon. And you can see we're going to start. I got uh, recent trends. But we're, so we're going to discuss playing time. We're going to discuss all the latest uh, news that I can think of, uh, recent performances, answer questions I get between, like I said, TikTok or YouTube. We are live on YouTube right now. For those watching on TikTok, so the link is in the bio. Check it out if you want to come see the screens that we're sharing. And obviously, I won't be looking at the camera much because you're down here and my camera's up here and we're talking on YouTube. So let's jump right to the Braves. So with the Braves, it's really simple. It is what it is with them. Somebody worth noting that I wanted to mention was uh, Michael Harris. Obviously, I guess we should probably talk about Ozuna leaving the game last night for getting hit in the wrist. It looked like he was in pain. He could he couldn't even make his next at bat. He was DHing. He was barely running the bases with any intent. So either we'll see Murphy go back to playing more, getting more DH run, as well as obviously Darno. So I think they have that those two to fill in for the most part between DHing and, and catcher. And the last 14 days, another guy on this team that we've been waiting to come around is Michael Harris. He has two home runs on base. Obviously, it was the last 14 days. The 279 batting average. Bad bip is right around where it should be for him. We saw him get a home run last night. The weather's heating up. He's been playing through injuries. I think Harris is finally going to come around and be who we expect him to be. He's just going to give him some time to get there. And then we have, um, and on the pitching side of things, real quick, Morton. The velo is notably down. Here, I'll show you for reference. Let's go to Savant here and look it up yesterday. It was notably down yesterday for Morton, though. Morton having a low, and he's a load. And you can actually say, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see exactly what I'm doing. If you're listening on the podcast, check out the YouTube, youtube.com slash GTE Fantasy or at GTE Fantasy. I forgot how they do it. But Morton's Velo notably down yesterday. We're talking um, 1.3 miles per hour on the fastball, on the four seam, 1.5 miles per hour on the cutter, the changeup down a lot. And you could see here, I can show you with the videos. Um, it's on my Twitter. I tweet a whole lot about baseball, obviously. So the video here, trying not to give the volume. And you can see, well, that's, that's, that's not even the right one. That's Tommy Pham. Here we go. It's right here, this one. You can see right here, he kind of started shaking his arm out right there. The, and they came out, trainers came and looked at Morton. He just wasn't having it. He just wasn't doing well. I, I mean, he was able to get through the rest of the start. He was hanging pitches. I was watching the start a little bit. Wasn't locating as sharply afterwards. The velocity was down all game. He got. He ended up throwing 100 pitches, though. So how injured is he really? The, was it minor? Did he pitch through it? So it's just something, again, we were just kind of watching and waiting there with Morton. So that's the Braves. It's a pretty simple and easy outlook there with them. But we can move on from the Braves. We'll go to the Marlins because that's the next team up. And another team that's kind of simple these days. I know there's a couple guys like... um. 
what's his face do back? Where is it? Uh, Obviously, Chisholm's due back soon, but Avisar Garcia, Chisholm, he actually needs surgery to fully repair the issue in his foot. However, he's going to come back and play the rest of the year, so he'll be getting that surgery in the offseason. How that will affect his game is to be determined. Might he run a little less? I don't know. I have a hard time believing if Jazz is in the game, he's not playing with that level of intensity, that level of just overall solid overall solid uh, performance. Somebody in the chat asked me if I'm a Braves fan. No, actually a Marlins fan. So uh, <laughs> we exist. We're, we're few and far in between, but we exist. Um, obviously, Lazardo looked rough last night. The Mariners aren't that. The the Mariners are okay. They hit lefties better than righties, I believe. And last night they showed it. Uh, but obviously, Braxton Garrett looking great this year. Alcantara struggling. Yuri Perez, he's supposed to be getting sent down sooner than later. Probably you have two guys returning between um, between Trevor Rogers. Always getting an MRI on the. It's his non throwing shoulder, but it's still holding him back right now. And then, because uh, that's something like that, even though it's non-throwing, I guess it could still probably mess with his mechanics, you would think, if, if it's uh, affecting him. So he's getting an MRI on that. We'll see what happens there. And then you have um, Braxton Garrett just looking great. Oh, Yuri Perez. And then what's his face? Um, He's not why he's Oh, Cueto. Here he is. Cueto's also nearing a return from the uh, IL. So it's going to get tight here. They want to massage Yuri Perez's innings, although I believe they should do it in the major league level. It's not a guarantee that they will, unfortunately. So we were just going to move over from that to the hitting side of things. And what you see is what you got here with the Marlins. Jesus Sanchez has kind of slowed down quite a bit. I mean, he's been, he is kind of streaky. It is what it is, but power is legitimate. Barrel skills are real batting in the middle of that lineup against righties. He is in a strict platoon. I do buy, I do think that that is true. Garrett Cooper's playing times that has trended back the other direction now, and he's been performing. Okay. Nothing uh, special or crazy. The occasional home run, which is what makes him like alluring for deeper formats. But Gary Cooper, 222 over the last two weeks. Uh, it was Yuli Gurriel who took took a turn for the worst in his playing time, but he was and performance. But Yuli was actually holding back Cooper a little bit. Cooper might have been dealing with some uh, a little bit minor injuries or something. He's always nicked up. But uh, Cooper's in the mix there. He's back to trending up. I think he's played three out of four or four straight, one of the two. But, you know, Luis Reyes. Wendell's been sneaky good, kind of, you know, just runs a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, nothing uh, special, hits for decent average at times. We see him, we've seen him do this in the past. He can get a little streaky, be good enough, but not anything special. This team is just so underwhelming. I don't know how they're doing it. So there's big-time power upside. There's nothing crazy there. And uh, we can move over to the – we're going to look at the Mets now. Oh, another team that's just rough right now. The Mets – Tommy Pham, I just t- uh, talked about this morning on Twitter a little bit, but Pham – Last uh, since the beginning of June's hitting very very well, uh, three home runs, a stolen base, over I think three thirty three on the on batting average. Obviously, Babbitt inflated. It's it's a very small sample, striking out over thirty percent of the time. But Fam is a guy that has a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. We know what he can do when he's run when he's running with it. And full time play appearances right now with Apilonzo out, Fam has stepped into starting pretty much every day, and especially against righties. Whereas like over the last thirty days, I think he's only started seven games against righties. But three of those starts have come in back to back to back days and uh so yeah so again that is what we are doing here talking about these teams over at tiktok so if you're watching on tiktok come over to the youtube because you can see what i'm talking about on the screen but i digress back to it and those listening on the podcast ignore my every the plugs i'm gonna be doing a lot because i'm plugging both these and the podcast is gonna be just the audio um brett Beatty's been disappointing just overall disappointing i don't know i think there's better days in his future in terms of like actually producing at the big league level but Right now, he's just not doing it. It's not going his way. He's the power hasn't been there. He hasn't done anything of late to suggest that there's a. It's coming around. I do think there are better days ahead, just because I think he is like a better hitter. I don't think he's a quad A type of guy, but he's not adjusting well to the major leagues. He is a strong side platoon bat, but oh, same thing with like Mark Vantos. Vantos isn't getting much run. He's not doing well, well with his small amount of playing time. It's inconsistent at best for Vantos. Not to mention um, just overall mediocrity. They just signed uh, Luke Voigt, who can also get in the mix now. It's going to be a mess. It's it's something you don't want to bother with. Uh, something worth mentioning, though, is uh, Francisco Alvarez moving up to the two spot, which is good. I mean, of course, we just if you were looking at the screen with me, you would notice that Vientos, sorry, not Vientos, uh, Alvarez, over the last 14 days, he's hit the power still there for home runs, but 27% strikeout rate, 167 batting average. Like He's starting to cool down a little bit, but the power is really the big driving force here the improved playing time in terms of like getting some dh reps two out of the last four starts have been at the dh and then batting second is a nice little boost to his value otherwise this lineup is underwhelming it's just underwhelming for a team that we expected to be competitors from the start of the season over to philly cody clemens is interesting in terms of just 
being a guy, he's playing every day. He's showing off a little bit of power. Nothing special. It's weird. He's uh he's shown glimpses in the past when he played for Detroit and stuff. That's Roger Clemens's kid too. I thought he had. I, oh, you know what? I think he missed the home. I feel like there was a home runner was just off, just foul last night. Maybe I'll, maybe I'm misthinking it. But three or six batting average the last two weeks. If you go past like the last three weeks, I think he's been flashing a little bit more than that. But he's not doing much right now. It's empty. But the playing time is there, so it's more of like a NL only type of name. But. Castellanos is doing the Castellanos things after being da- after our down year. He's bouncing back in a big way, really performing right now. JT Romuto showing signs of life again. I know he's only batting 214, but three home runs, two stolen bases over the last 14 days is a very solid line. You want to see that. But Brandon Marsh kind of came back down to earth. We've seen Stott up and down throughout the year. He's doing well in batting average, stolen bases right now. Power hasn't been a thing. Trey Turner's okay, not great. You expect him to be great. But, yeah, there's not a whole lot changing here. I know Schwarber's been up and down and like he's back up and over the last 14 days he's still hitting just 188 but four home runs so you're still getting at least you're getting the power out of him but that batting average drag is something uh, otherwise not a lot of turnover here not a lot of changing we should expect Derek Hall back eventually and he can factor right into that first base spot where Clemens is I think Clemens for them has done enough and make and for and for because Clemens is uh doing enough he's getting the playing time but I don't know if it's necessarily playing time you really want for fantasy purposes pitching staff is what it is nola's usually good but then gets blown up randomly walker's velo's been up but he's been whatever in terms of like effectiveness wheeler i just feel like it's i feel like it's just always bad luck because every time i look at his line like the underlying numbers it's like okay not bad but then the production like waivers i don't know the phillies also could use some depth. you'll see them be, probably be active at the trade deadline if they can afford to be nationals and nationals manessa's hitting like 300 on the year but like nothing else candelario useful Corey Dickerson, strong side platoon. Uh, one of my favorite guys here is Luis Garcia, but he's kind of like streaky in terms of the power, but like decent hit tool and uh, he can steal bases. Lane Thomas leading off regularly. It's one of the few, t- it's actually a little, very little turnover, but in terms of fantasy relevance, it's not like any, no world beaters here, just useful pieces for deeper formats, really. And pitching staff, same concept, except for uh, like Mackenzie Gore is exciting, but I think his velo was down on the last outing, so you got to watch out for that because if Gore's velo remains down, we saw what happens when his velo is down over there last year. Uh, when Gore was when Gore's velo was up, it was a very strong, like very strong production for the most part. But then his velo dipped last year, and when the velo dipped for Gore, the production went with it. So Gore is on that, that watch list type of thing. Uh, Gray has been good, nothing special, but good. He's been serviceable. He's he's throwing his secondaries way more this year, way less fastball. That four seamer was getting crushed last year, and now depending more on the off speed stuff, the secondary stuff is way, the way to go in today's game, and he's doing that and he's getting by with it. He's not going to be anything special, but he's solid, simple, solid, kind of boring. I appreciate that, Dylan, for the comment saying the the content's great, the videos and all that. I appreciate that. Um, in the off season, the videos are way more quality because it's not just me streaming; it's actual thought out production. But again, we're live on TikTok. So like, share, comment, appreciate that on the TikTok, on YouTube, do the same. It's greatly appreciated. And of course, on the podcast, don't forget to uh, check us out on those other platforms. We can catch the videos and all that live. Anyway, goodness, I hate plugging stuff. I, I really do hate plugging stuff. It's uh, not my strength, but we can get over to the NL Central. We're going to go to the Cubs because we have a lot to get to still. It's a lot of teams. I got to quicken up some of these. It's hard to quicken them up when you have this mess going on. So you have Talkman batting lead off in three or four, but against right, you see righty versus lefty, he fluctuates, but he's leading off right now. You have Seiya Suzuki missing time day to day. Last I looked, there was no information, but with him day to day, you're seeing um, uh, Morel get playing time. See, he started three in a row, two of which came in right field where Seiya plays, and then the one in left field was just to plug in as a day off guy. He's been more of a he's been more of a plug and play depth piece for them right now. Morel is very streaky, a lot of strikeout issues, great tools, but doesn't play enough and doesn't put those tools to use on a consistent enough basis to really have value. Meanwhile, you have Miguel Maya. Interesting. I, I view him more in the high floor type of situation there. I don't see him as anything special or, or, or anything like that, but it is just worth knowing that he's okay. He's a catcher two type in deeper formats. I have him in one of my leagues and he's serviceable as long as he's playing, he's one of the, he's one of their better prospects in terms of catchers. So he's he's I don't see Barnhart really factoring. I know Gomes and him kind of <laughs> Gomes and Maya get enough playing time between DH and catcher to actually both have C two um, viability in deeper formats. But otherwise, it is what it is. They're just more of like 
serviceable, get you by until you can get lucky off the waiver wire. Um, Ian Happ's been good, but unspectacular. It's weird because like with Ian Happ, you expect a little more in terms of juice, and it's just kind of been good batting average. And I'm surprised that he hasn't done more. Um, we can go over his last 14 days here. I'm pulling up the whole Cubs as a whole because the Cubs are just a mess. Obviously, Horner's a stud. CMI has been good, but nothing special. Feels very Kybert Ruiz, Ruiz, Ruiz-ish, minus the Ks, but like the decent batting average, occasional home run. He's not going to be a power stud. He's not going to be a. He's not going to be a whole lot of help, but he's going to be okay. That's why I'm like circling back to Maya there. Uh, but yeah, Ian Hapsey, stolen base. He's batting 200, but he has been batting better this year as a whole. 360 OBP. Striking out only 20% of the time. So this is the last two weeks for Ian Happ. So, again, not concerned. It's more so just, unfortunately, boring production. Hey, Eaton, uh, Eaton, Eaton. I called you, I called Yancey by his last name. What's going on, Yancey? I don't know how you got on TikTok, but here you are, and I'm on YouTube. And, of course, you'll be probably listening to the podcast if you don't think live anyway. Anywho. Uh, so, Mervis has been awful. Like, there's no way around it. He's been a bust. He looked so good, and, like, everything about him looked great in the underlying numbers in terms of, like, the plate approach and power production, and it's been a complete disaster, all things considered. If you're desperate for playing time and stolen bases, Mike Talkman is getting playing time, but Bellinger should be working his way back sooner than later, too. So, uh, Wisdom, they show him as everyday guy. He does play, mostly. But with um with Madrigal back, you see he started three straight. Madrigal can factor in against righties again. Patrick Wisdom, um, he we know him as a lefty crusher. They've had a lot of lefties on the schedule lately, and they have a few more this week. So we should see more Patrick Wisdom. But it's really home run or bust for Patrick Wisdom. Nothing special there. We move over to the Cincinnati Reds. A very exciting team, actually. I love the Cincinnati Reds. Not really much to say here. Uh, Friedel is back. He's leading off. Fraley's out. And when Fraley comes back, it's going to be interesting because Benson's there. Is Benson going to lose playing time? Um, what's his face? Spencer Steers obviously still in the mix here for first base. And you have, um, what's his, oh my goodness, coming up from the minors. I'm going to have to scroll down and look now. I can't believe I can't think of his name. My goodness. It's going to drive me nuts. It's obvious. Uh, it's Encarnacio Strand. Goodness. He should be coming up, factoring into the corner infield slash uh, DH spot. But then you have Tyler Stevenson, who doesn't, who DHs and catches. You have uh, Fairchild's been serviceable in deeper formats, he's, but he's not going to hold back anybody in the outfield. So right there's a there's a spot for Fraley, but then you have Myers who's going to factor in, who Myers should probably just get DFA honestly. And then you have um, Senzel, Nick Senzel, who's going to be coming back off the IL too to factor into the outfield. So it's becoming a very crowded situation, but a fun one because the Reds are very very interesting and f- a fun team, and the pitching staff. I, there's a lot to like here when Lodolo returns because you have Lodolo Green. Williamson is serviceable as a fifth. Abbott is serviceable as a back-end guy. I don't know if there's enough there to compete, but what's fun about it is that it's all the youth, all the youth movements coming up, and the Reds, they're hitting on more prospects than they're missing on right now. So it's, it's an exciting time for, for Reds fans, and it's honestly a surprise that they're doing as well as they're doing. But anyway... So much for me going fast. This team is kind of set in stone. India shifted to the three spot lately. So if you're expecting more runs like I was when I drafted him, he's more of an RBI producer in that. That's more of an RBI producing spot. But with some decent bats behind him, he's still going to score his fair share of runs probably. Benson, again, strong side platoon, uh, power speed upside, but issues with making contact strikeouts have been an issue in the past for him. So what we have here for Benson is more of a uh, take advantage of the opportunity, hope it works out, but a chance that he's back in the minors or in a reserve role once everyone gets healthy. Milwaukee. Hmm, I hate Fangraphs. Every time I go over the freaking, every time I go over that search bar, it pops up. I'm trying not to hit it. So Adamus has been awful since like the beginning of uh, May and it's aggravating, but he's still batting top four. You have a guy in Owen Miller who I don't know why they have him fifth here. I guess it's hard because they really, Miller moves around as low as fifth, as high as first against lefties, but Miller's playing every day right now. That's kind of the big thing. Miller's decent for batting average playing time, and he's going to produce all kinds of counting stats while he's hitting in those top five spots. So it's hard to pinpoint which counting stats you'll get. But if you see a bunch of lefties on the on the schedule, you can kind of assume more so runs, righties, more so RBI, just because of where he slots against uh, respective um, righty-lefty splits. But Miller, good batting average, some stolen bases. There's not, there's not really any pop, but it's like because of the park and – he has enough to where it's not, it's not it's not a zero, but it's just nothing special. Like he's ten to fifteen home run guys, what it feels like. And he had a couple home runs, but now he hasn't hit a couple in a few weeks. But he's still stealing bases and all that. The stealing bases are actually a skill of his. This team is aggressive on the base pass, so Miller's going to keep stealing bases, I think. But it's not going to be like an elite base a base stealer. It's just somebody who's very usable right now, especially with all that eligibility. He's available. He's eligible in like fifteen different spots. Feels like what first, second, third. I think he's two starts or appearances away from gaining outfield in some in NFBC formats. And then you have uh. John Singleton right now, 
He's playing every day against righties, so strong side platoon, power upside. Sorry, he sat against one righty recently, but he's been mostly playing every day. I think he started five straight before that and then sat. But then same with Telez. Telez has actually fell back into a platoon now. Uh, Telez has started one of the last five against lefties, I believe. So obviously he's not playing every day, and he's also struggling. This team as a whole is struggling, I would say. Joey, Joey Weimer is very fun, very toolsy. Uh, he's obviously moving up the line against lefties, hitting second. He even hit fifth against a righty two days ago. But I think it's, I'm not sure if it's more than a hot streak yet. We know the prospect pedigree is there. We know the tools are there for Weimer, for Weimer. But Weimer also, I feel like, just can fluctuate considering considering how he's, he performs his strikeouts and all that. So it's really going to be on him to move up and down. But Adamas, while struggling, is sticking top four. And the rest of his team is just kind of whatever. Luis Urias is kind of something to watch does this. His playing time against righties, look at that, two of the last four only. And last year we saw the same thing. He kind of dipped in and out of platoons, inconsistent playing time against righties. So Urias is a guy that people were kind of excited to re-add after the injury, but I don't know if there's enough juice there. I feel like we're all kind of still holding on to that. Was it like two years ago that Urias really showed a little something, something, but hasn't really done anything since. And I'm not sure gonna, I'm not sure if anything's coming at this point. It's kind of what I'm getting at. So that's what that's the issue with uh that's the issue with Urias. Pittsburgh. Oh, this one's fun. So Marcano was leading off for a little bit. He's kind of dipped in the lineup. He's still playing against righties, but he's not playing against any lefties, and he's not really doing anything right now. He, he'll flash a little pop here and there. A little. He does have the speed. He can hit for decent average, but it's very, very iffy. G1 Bay has entered an everyday role again. Obviously, stolen bases it is what it is. Kind of like expect this. You know, expect what he's doing to stick. Power isn't a strength of his, but. Not not a zero, I guess, but he's not. I wouldn't expect any power. Just get the stone bases, get the bang average, be happy. Kutch leading off. Connor Joe, surprisingly, I mean, back into a full time role. He kind of comes in and out as he performs. Same with the Sawinski. Sawinski's back on a heater, but even while being on a heater, he's still platooning. So understand the schedule with him. But power upside is second to none. Honestly, he has some of the best power in the game. He's just a very good power hitter. But there's a lot of swing and miss there. There's a lot of strikeout issues. So that's why you've seen like a week, a week, like a week up, a week down, two weeks really hot, three weeks really bad. That is the Jack Swinski experience. But if you play him just in his platoonable matchups, I think ultimately you'll be fine. And uh, Brian Hayes finally, finally turning a corner. And he's going to require more of a deeper dive because in the offseason, he, he put on that weight in an attempt to um, make, in an attempt to put on some power, put some power up. And Brian Hayes, two home runs, 11 RBIs, last couple weeks, stolen base, strikeouts. The, the overall plate discipline's always been a strength. Obviously, BABIP inflated, 514 over the last two weeks is ridiculous. But the thing is, is the skills have always been there. And it's a matter of Hayes finally starting to elevate the ball and use that, utilize that power he made a point to try to put on in the offseason. Very usable right now. And obviously, stealing bases can hit for average. So, uh, yeah, this, this Pirates team, they're all and they're competing. So, th- there's a lot of useful uh, useful fantasy options here. You just got to understand how to manipulate the – you got to understand when to utilize them, when to, uh, like, manipulate the schedule or, or – not manipulate, it's the wrong word, but, you know, attack the schedule in terms of when to play these players. Um, let's go over to – let's go St. Louis. Goodness, you would think I would know divisions by heart by now. I do. It's just one of those things where I got to keep on track. If I don't keep tabs on myself, I lose track of thought. So another thing here, it's uh, obviously it's pretty set right now for the for the Cardinals for the most part, finally. I mean, they called up Luke and Baker, but weak side platoon, as you can clearly see. Uh, Gorman, obviously, in a strong side platoon again. But what you see is what you got here. There's no surprises right now. Obviously, Tyler O'Neill can come up and kind of throw things off again. Also, Lars Newtbar uh, nearing a return. So, Newtbar will probably, I mean, he was leading off very regularly. I don't see why he wouldn't slot right back up there. Donovan can move down. They can kind of shift everyone down one. They'll figure it out. They, they Or they'll put Donovan back down here again. But at the end of the day, it's about to get very crowded. I know Walker's back up. Everyone's excited. But it's hard to bank on, like, who's going to get screwed here? Is Carlson back to a bench roll? Is, it's, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's really hard to say what happens here. Because the DH being with Nolan Gorman, although Gorman has cooled way down, I don't think Gorman's playing time is necessarily in trouble, but I'm just wondering how they're going to shift things around to make it work. Obviously, Edmund needs to come back to the infield as well with uh, when everything gets healthy too. So remember how crowded it was and frustrating? Oh, it looks like it's on its way back to that again. Um, it's really frustrating and aggravating to even think about and talk about because I have a hard time even figuring out what the heck I'm doing, honestly, or what the heck they're doing, I should say. It's, it's, it's near impossible right now. So... Yeah, it is what it is. Enjoy it, but just keep an eye on this as players return because you're gonna, you're gonna have to adapt in live time as I typically do when I do this stuff. Arizona, uh, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. returned to the lineup. He's been batting. See, they put him fifth here, but he's been batting. I'll say he's batting third. He usually sits between three and five, though. That's the thing. So it's always between three and five. Corbin Carroll sits right there with him. Christian Walker, Kittel Marte, Pavin Smith. You see Smith 
Although they have him leading off here, he's been pretty much hitting sixth of late. And I think that's because when Gurriel's in, they want to slot everyone up one, and Smith has to fall in the process. Josh Rojas barely plays, and even against the righty he sat last, his last time out, Carson Kelly's back. So we'll see how that and Moreno, uh, they're probably just going to split time for the most part. And yeah, see, Rivera, see, this is where Ross Resource is wrong. Rivera's been playing just about every single day. He sat one righty, but if you look at it, it's, if you go and look at his actual stuff, it's uh, he's... He's playing every single day right now. So for him to be down here, kind of funny because it's not true. He's, he's batting towards the middle of the lineup, as you can see, even towards the top against lefties. R- Rivera, good batting average right now. He has a little pop and speed to his game, but he's not really showing it right now. So understand that what you're getting is a very solid player considering the way he's hitting. It feels very, oh, what's the the, the outfielder that was uh, that they had up for like a couple weeks before they sent him back down for McCarthy, who McCarthy is just running. He is doing his Jorge Mateo uh, I guess Jake McCarthy-esque because, you know, McCarthy can run like this. It's just kind of empty. It's like batting average stone bases. Understand that as long as you stay at the bottom lineup and as long it's batting average and stone bases. Very, very helpful. Don't get me wrong because it's difference making in terms of like, it's like John Birdie. It's like a John Birdie feel. But yeah, anyway, Rivera's, he's hitting like, I can't think of the name of the guy right now. The, the outfielder, Fletcher. Dominic Fletcher, I think was the name, right? Or is that wrong? Oh, it doesn't matter. All I know is Fletcher's the name that comes to mind because it's very simple. It's like solid batting average. He's obviously hitting really well right now, but it's very, it's rather empty. Outside. Obviously, when I say empty, I mean lacking category juice, like home runs and stolen bases. He's doing decent with runs and RBI. But Rivera is just, it's very boring, very boring player right now. And, but useful in right, the right format. So that's why you have to pay attention to the trends and ignore the noise. And by noise, I mean right now, uh, Ross Resource is kind of noisy with what they're putting out there because they ha- they're showing a guy who's clearly a starter not starting in their uh, in their roster resource lineup. So know that one. Next up is going to be the Rockies. And I think the big name here to talk about is Nolan Jones. And that one's just it's rather obvious. But Jones, he's playing every day against lefties. There is no more sitting. And so, so, he hasn't even bat set. Why is he up here? He hasn't even, bat se- he hasn't even batted second this year. For, at least I'm almost positive about that. And he's being plugged into the two spot on roster resource. Has to be a mistake. It doesn't matter. He's playing every day, though. He is a starter, but he did struggle against lefties mightily yesterday. And I don't know if his slot is necessarily safe against lefties, but he did start against lefty yesterday. Kind of struggled. And either way, he's been hot. the The power's real. There is plus speed there. It's not like plus plus. It's it's above average. So the stolen bases, the power we're seeing, all that's real. Great barrel skills. But Jones does have some swing and miss to his game. It's not a lot though. It's actually not so much swing and miss. It's just passivity. He doesn't chase a whole lot, and the swing strike rate is better than league average, last I checked. But Jones tends to just be not aggressive enough, and pitchers can attack him, and that's where the strikeouts are coming from. I, it's almost, it reminds me of the way I, when I saw his profile being like decent contact rates while also not swinging and missing and not chasing a whole lot. It was very Conforto-esque, and that's the name that came to mind in terms of the approach. The approach was Conforto in my eyes. So, again... That's where I'm at. And uh, quick, obviously, if you're watching on TikTok, on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. Please share, help spread the word, and let's move on. Don't forget to uh, check us out there on the, if you're listening to the podcast. Anyway, back to the stuff. Yeah, you can tell I hate plugging stuff. I'll say that over and over again. McMahon's been a lot better of late. Like, after a really bad start, I believe it's like last month now, McMahon's just been kind of who we expect him to be. I know playing at cores is going to do that for you. So enjoy your cores, guys. Eli. Elias Diaz or Elias Diaz. I'm trying to remember how to say it. But uh, Diaz has been okay. He kind of came back down to earth and has been whatever. Tovar on a heater, doing very well. And kind of, it's about time. You know, a young kid. He just needs some time to get comfortable. He's not even 22. I think Tovar's better day, best days are ahead of him. And he's very use, usable right now. Hitting for average, still in bases. A little bit of pop, not a zero, but good. Just really good. And somebody you should have. Now, the rest of this team is kind of whatever. Like Brenton Doyle, you stream him. Type of thing if you need to in cores. Hell, Castro hasn't even started the last three games, but against lefties, he's a strong side platoon guy. Coco Montez, he's interesting. I would keep an eye on him and his usage. He started back-to-back games, but both of them against lefties. We'll see how he is against righties. I'd be surprised if they called him up not to give him a shot as a full-time role, but the Rockies have known to do stuff like before. And then you have, and that's the thing about Montez, by the way, if you look him up, pretty solid uh, minor league numbers. So obviously 2023, on Montez, it's 12 home runs, four stolen bases, coming off of a 2013 year. Good batting averages. Uh, he's a little iffy on the Ks, but it'll play. Obviously, 62.5%, but two games, very small sample. Wouldn't worry about that. But at the end of the day, good walk rates. So he gets on base. He can steal bases. A little bit of pop. Plays in cores. No, he's 26 years old, though, so a little old for the level. Should have been producing. So we'll see uh, how that works out. But 
A name to just know, if nothing else, just no name. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. Surprisingly, but not surprisingly, they're competing with this roster. And why I say that is because guys like David Peralta hitting very well right now. I think like over 400 last two weeks. And then you have, uh, you have uh, where is he at? Not Outman. Outman's been rough. I don't even know why Outman's listed as a starter. Look at that. Two out of the last like five games. Not playing as every day against righties. He's not even a strong side platoon. Get him out of here. Hayward should be up there where Outman's at. Because if you look at Hayward, he's played three out of four against righties. And he's playing more often than Outman. But that's the thing about these guys. You got to understand with Peralta. Peralta's played four straight. But it's usually that's how it works. Like three out of four. Three out of four. Right now it's like two out of four. For out and that's like it's just and it'll fluctuate based on production. Johnny DeLuca was called up, but he's a weak side platoon bat. Chris Taylor's more of a weak side platoon bat than an everyday guy, but he does get more righties just because you fill in around the field, has his uses. But I know Hayward, three out of I know he's only play, he's played two straight, three out of four against righties, but it's a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. He's hitting like 280 with like two home runs and a stolen base over the last two weeks. If memory serves. So it's one of those things where he has his uses and bunches, but it's hard to bank on him. He has to be has to be a very righty heavy schedule to even think about starting him. Same with Peralta. But those guys are gonna hit in the bottom half of that lineup. The top half is as solid and studly as it gets. You're not and then Vargas has been whatever, uh, kind of a bust, I would say, this year. Last I checked. I, I know he started off kind of injured, kind of found a swing, and he's just been so whatever. Yeah, it's two twenty five is obviously disappointing. Six home runs, three stone bases, like he's Given a, he was never supposed to be like super strong in either one of those categories, but he was supposed to be at least a solid high floor type, and he's not really giving you that high floor in the batting average and other stuff. So I don't know. It's hard to really be excited about that. The Dodgers and the Giants. Oh, geez, the Padres and Giants. Okay, so the Padres, Gary Sanchez is the big one here, batting in the middle order, hitting for power. Great catcher option right now considering the position. Carpenter, weak side platoon, Trungish from everyday player, but... Not great. How the mighty have fallen. I think he spiked that really good. Was it 2020 or 2021 even was okay. And then just kind of been nothing ever since. It's It sucks to see because I just remember being really in on him getting burned. So it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to figure it out ever since then. He's he's still kind of doing his thing though. 226, that's saying bad batting average. But he still hits for a little power and still steals bases. So that has value in deeper formats. Just understand the batting average drain is likely there for him. Gary Sanchez, we talked about the power. Hassan Kim, speed. He's playing every day. Nothing. This this is one of those lineups are just kind of very set in their ways. And same, I believe the same is going to go for the Giants. And by set, I mean it's very very chaotic. But you know what you're getting. Um, I don't is Wade in the platoon. I, I thought he worked his way out. I mean, I know he sat against the last lefty, but I gotta go look at his left, last. I'm pretty sure he hasn't been in the platoon for most of the year. So maybe he's. I mean, knowing them though, they'll, they'll change that up on a dime. Jock Peterson's very much in a platoon. Platoons. Like as strictly as anybody, JD Davis has been surprisingly good in terms of just all around production, batting average. He we always knew the power was there, but he's just hitting well. It's it's almost like he's finally becoming the player we hoped he'd be. Like the last couple of years, it finally all has come together a little bit. Yaz platoon, obviously Hanniger started off the year batting higher in the lineup has now slipped to the six five six seven spots. Is what it is. He's a power upside guy, but he's just he's very very lackluster. And then you have guys like uh, Sable, who's playing pretty often still against righties. And by pretty often, I mean all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Casey Schmidt is kind of, he's not, see, he's not in a platoon, but he is losing playing time. So keep an eye on Casey Schmidt. Uh, Patrick, no, sorry, it was not, not Casey Schmidt. It was Patrick Bailey losing playing time. It's weird. Patrick Bailey's, and it's because of Sable's bat, I think, keeping him in the lineup. But Sable taking all those catcher reps, you can see he's caught four out of his last five starts. And Patrick Bailey only caught two. Well, he's only played two games out of the last six. So it's Patrick Bailey, not Schmidt, losing playing time. See, Schmidt's on the bench here, but Schmidt's played five of six, including four out of five righties. So I don't understand why he's being shown on the bench here on, on roster resource. <sighs> Again, it is what it is. I get it, though. It's kind of tough with teams like this because they just move pieces in and out on a on a given day. It's 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 hard to just be like, hey, because it's like 15 DHs, 15 outfielders, and like 15 infielders, and just move them. They plug them around different positions and all that. I guess I understand, even though I hate that. It's kind of it's kind of misleading, but it's again, it goes back to how the lineup uh, plays out. Baltimore, I think the big thing here we all know is Gunnar Henderson found his swing, looking really good right now over the last two weeks. Power, speed, hitting better, striking out less. Gunnar Henderson is that guy we drafted him to be right now. And the strikeouts, 23.5% of the last two weeks is the biggest thing. I I expect the power and speed. We know that's there. But the fact that he's striking out less and he's walking less, a.k.a. 
you're being more aggressive. We've been waiting for this. He's been, at one point he was like striking out or walking for two thirds of his bats. It was wild. And it looks like he's adjusted. It looks like Henderson is swinging more. And I bet you that number, and you can just tell he's swinging more, attacking the ball more because the, the walks have dipped tremendously. And so have the strikeout. So good. He's adjusted. Let's see if he can keep it up. Aaron Hicks went to the Orioles, suddenly became good again, at least for now. It's obviously bad we've inflated, but great walk rates, great strikeout rates, really strong performance. Aaron Hicks is not a no one. He's he's usable streamer. Same with Ryan O'Hearn, a usable streamer, but deeper formats. He plays against righties, sits against lefties, and he's obviously performing well, but it's like and it's not even consistent playing time. Mateo, stolen bases are bust, still not doing anything besides stolen bases. So if you need stolen bases, you're starting them. Otherwise, he's a sit. Mountcastle just having a rough go. I think he was sick lately, right? Recently, too. So, I don't know. Adam Frazier's come back down to earth. He's back to being a bench. Santander, hit or miss in terms of, like, starting him or sitting him. It's fine. You're not sitting badly. Still hitting for good average, and he's one of the best catchers in baseball. And in terms of the lineup, obviously, yeah, that's a big one, too. Henderson's also moved up the order with this new change in approach, it looks like. So, good for him. Figuring it out, getting going. Enjoy the ride. The Boston Red Sox story is working its way back, so that will help answer some questions in the infield. I, oh, hey, I hit, oh, that's why. Haha, <laughs> there I am. Wow, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I was on. I pressed the wrong. I pressed the button on my stream deck and put me on the wrong. Put me on the wrong thing. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. So now I have to repeat everything I said about the Red Sox. I assume because that's when I messed up. So. Long story short, the Red Sox, so we can get back on track here because I screwed that one up pretty badly. <laughs> was uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Jeez, I hate. That's why I hate about live streams. I guess they're bittersweet. So anyway, what we have here is uh, pretty much Jaron Duran watch. He started two straight, let off both of them. However, while leading off both of them, it came with two guys getting days off. So he's playing that fourth outfield role, but he's still hitting. So it's like one of those things where we're, we're just watching to see his usage. Can he force his way into like four out of six a week and still be serviceable? But then there's the platoon issues. You know, he's going to sing against lefties. It's it's a mess. I would try to hold on to him if I can, but in shallow leagues, he's probably not worth all things considered. Can't believe that happened. Oh, man. I wonder how long we were out. We were out without audio for a minute there. Sorry about that. Anyway, back to this. I'm going to edit that. Hope I can edit that. No one cares about my... Eh, it happens. It's live. You go live. So, anyway, over to the Yankees. Oh, talk about a mess. Billy McKinney's a starter for this team. Goodness gracious. Uh, sp- yep, see? He started four or five straight since coming up. A little bit of power, but come on now. It's Billy McKinney. We're not doing that. Jake Bauer, same thing. Batting in the middle of the lineup at that, too. Playing every day against righties. And Willie Calhoun playing almost every day against righties, but pretty much every day, even let, even let off the last game. Yikes. This team is just awful. Donaldson down here. Why is he down here? <laughs> Again, it's such a mess. Like, I don't understand why Donaldson's down here. He's played four out of five. A lot of power. I think four home runs since returning, but, like, batting under 200. He should, he's a starter, though. Don't let this fool you. He is a starter, obviously. And Stanton easing his way in. Two on, two, a one-off, two on, one-off. He's going to DH for the foreseeable future, they said, so he's not an everyday player. It's a mess in New York. This New York team is absolutely horrendous right now. But yeah, it's there's not not a whole lot of viability. Calhoun, if he's going to lead off, there's something there for deeper leagues. Bowers, streaky power upside in deeper leagues. McKinney, ale only probably. I can't see myself being all that excited about him. It's all about the uh, the health. Judge out for a little bit. Bader always out. It's I feel I I can't say I feel bad for the Yankees, but it's just kind of like annual issues now. Toronto. Same idea. It's you know what you're getting here. A lot of this is very consistent lineup. Not really much. Just watching Kiermaier's health here. And I know what's-his-face day-to-day, Brandon Belt. So with Brandon Belt day-to-day, we could probably see more Biggio. We've seen Biggio start two of three. And Biggio played first base the last time out for reference. So Biggio, Santiago Espinal, these two will just factor in more. Hard to say who's going to get more playing time. But at the end of the day, this lineup is pretty set. I know Jansen's working his way back. So when Jansen works his way back, Kirk, who's been hitting better lately, is gonna, it's going to be interesting to see how that falls out, and that could cause more playing again. Can I rank Duran, Siri, Brennan, Prado? Uh, Siri, Brennan, Prado, Duran, probably in that order, but Prado can be over Brennan just because there's more upside there in, in, for power, but if you need speed, probably go Brennan over Prado, but I think it's Siri clear number one there. You can argue about Prado and Brennan. Prado being a leadoff guy every day is kind of why, why I would lean his way, and then Brennan, Duran, just because Duran don't trust the playing time right now. And we're t- so we're going to move over to the Central, where we're going to run through the Chicago White Sox, because the White Sox are terrible. Timmy Anderson not producing like the fantasy pick we had, we wanted him to be. Ben Attendee, been hitting for okay average, stealing some bases, but useless otherwise. Eloy, injured, injured, injured. That's the story of his life. I can't believe I bought in this year. 
And that's pretty much it here. Jake Berger is getting everyday run right now in the process. And we know the power potential is up there, but there's a lot of swing and miss in that game for Jakey Berger. So just know what you're getting there. Uh, Rami Gonzalez has shown flashes, but the playing time isn't consistent right now with all the everyone back. So not a lot to be excited about this team. It's kind of just bad right now. Um, not hitting on the upside or potential. We blame the manager when really we should just blame the team apparently. White Sox, um, the, the Guardians. So we're really watching here is Andres Jimenez's uh, health because Gabriel Arias can probably fill in the void at second base. Will Brennan's been very solid, hitting for good average, stealing bases, some power. Again, not a zero, but not a strength of his. Josh Naylor's been amazing. Josh Bell's been awful, minus a home run recently, but I don't trust Josh Bell to be a fantasy, uh, a consistent producer at that level and fantasy producer. I don't trust him. Deeper leagues is the only place you should really have him, and even then I'm not making a point to like, oh, I got to start him. It's very much like he's more, he's more like, I don't know, like how desperate am I or am I chasing power or do I just need play appearances? Cause you know, he's going to play every day. So Josh Bell's just a guy that I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't think the skills are going to ever be what we've hoped them to be. And at this point he's just whatever. He's such a, he's such a, he's just a guy. I'm in Rosario. I believe he's showing signs of life. We'll look that up, but it's one of those things where I was never high on him coming into the year. I know there was some hype, a little bit of pop, a little bit of speeds, but he can't hit righties. And if you can't hit righties and crush lefties and you know how you never know how many lefties you're going to see, you kind of just go with the guy that you kind of just go with the guy that like you don't you don't want to bank on a guy who just crushes lefties not so much righty so it's I don't know and he's not doing much right now so he's not alive he's wrong I thought I saw him do I think I just watched a couple games saw him get some key hits and thought he was bouncing back but he's not really doing much right now uh but yeah so I was seeing Brendan obviously we mentioned it two home runs two stolen bases the home runs won't be a thing continu- consistently in my opinion considering the skill set but the stolen bases and the batting average can sustain and of course we talk about Josh Naylor just being a stud this year. Jay Ram finally came around, had a three home run game. We know he, we know the best is yet to come from him. And like I said, I mentioned Arias. Arias should fill in the blank while, while, um, what's his face is out? Jimenez, who was finally getting going too. So if Jimenez misses time, it's Arias. And Arias has a little bit of power, cancel bases. He's usable in deeper formats, but nothing special. Which again, it's hard to find anybody special once you get past the starting lineup. There's a reason why they're not starters, you know what I mean? But in general, I think Aries has been playing more overall. They, they make a point to get him in there regardless. Yeah, well, oh, they were at one point. He st- they, they, st- they put him back in a bench role, and then he started the last two. But you see first base, third base, shortstop. He's their super util guy. He's this year's Owen Miller for them, basically. Uh, so Cleveland, Detroit. Detroit's interesting in the fact that there's always usable names, but n- nobody's super flashy. McKinstry. He's still leading off against righties. Obviously, plays every day. Some speed there. Torque tapping into that power a little bit yesterday. We know it's there, but it's just he hasn't put it together. Kerry Carpenter, we've seen it before. We know there's big-time power upside there, and he's hitting top of the lineup since returning. Matt Beerling slotted right back into against a righty yesterday. They need the outfield help anyway. He's going to probably play every day again. We know there's a little power, a little speed, and any time, so you're getting your plate appearances. Otherwise, uh, Javi Baez sucks. <laughs> Nick Matan underwhelming has the occasional game or two it's like oh look he has some form of upside but not really and other than that you're not touching this team with a 10-foot pole on the offensive side of things and we have the twin coming up here and this another team is just injury riddled uh edouard julien he's back to leading off every day see they they put him they don't have him in a platoon but he didn't start against oh he was on triple a there was a um lefty he got pinch hit four against the lefty his first game back so I still think he's in a platoon. I wouldn't say he's not in a platoon. I know Ross Resource doesn't show him in a platoon, but I would suggest I think he's platooning. And he's awful defender, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Kepler, platoon. Lar- Larnick, platoon. Kroloff, platoon. It's what they do. They platoon players. Royce Lewis is not in a platoon, and he has some solid tools. He's finally – he found his swing lately. He's like I think he's like seven of eight. Seven for eight in his last eight at-bats, I believe it is. Been very, very solid. And Michael Taylor, just quietly good. Plays every day, stuck in the nine spot, but there's power, there's speed. He's useful. He's very useful for fantasy purposes. So he's a guy that I would definitely look to stream in deeper formats. A guy that you can just plug and play. He's kind of boring, but he'll give you some fantasy juice. It, it is what it is. Like, I don't know. People are just overlooking him. I bet you, I think over the last couple weeks, he's done it again, too. He does go through cold spells. Don't get me wrong. But Michael Taylor is good. Look at that. Three home runs, five stone bases, batting 294 for the last 14 days. And no one talks about him because he's just Michael Ta- He's just Michael A. Taylor, and he, he does this. So you need to realize that with him. Um, yeah, nice sound effects, right? Uh, I'm obviously getting tired trying to rush through here. Oh, the Royals. We passed on the Royals altogether, but it's easy to forget them because they are the Royals. So then we mentioned Nick Prado leading off every day. A little bit of pop there, some upside. We know he could do it. And that's pretty much it. The team's been very rather consistent. 
Garcia down here, Waters, Olivares has entered a regular role, stole base, I think, yesterday as well, and he's been okay lately. So he's playing regularly. We, we know that Olivares can, can get hot and run hot, so ride the, ride the wave while it's there and enjoy the consistency for once. This is not a team that's been overly consistent most of the year, so if they're going to remain consistent, take advantage. But Nick Prado's the only real name that's kind of fringe. I'm not a huge Waters guy. I know there's some hype there. There are tools there, and there are reasons for optimism because he has said tools, former top prospect, all that for Waters, but not a guy that I'm blown away by. Like if I, I would, t- I, if I could, if I could put him on my bench and see where it goes, great. But not a guy I'm going on my way to add and to stream right now. Michael Garcia, we know it's up and down, a whole bunch of strikeouts lately. The the batting average has been whatever. Stolen bases are there. He's not as overpowered, but it's one of those things where it's like he's good, but not as well good as we expected. I like I like Michael uh, I like Michael Garcia too. So. But yeah, like I mentioned, Olivar is having a really good couple weeks here, but the last four games started in a row, so that's why, you know, playing time's there. Vinny P's out, so Prado's playing time's as safe as ever. And as we mentioned, power, bat, play appearances, um, it, can't be, it can't be streaky, though. Uh, okay, now we're finishing up strong here, and by strong I mean I'm getting by on fumes. <laughs> the Houston team, I always forget how much 30 teams is to cover. Mauricio Dubon is the leadoff guy right now. Good batting average, stealing bases, even hit a home run over the last week or so. He's a guy that... You could plug and play in deeper formats. He's not quite 12 team relevant. 15 teams deeper, I would say, is where he's at. But leadoff guy for the Astros, you can argue, is 12 team relevant. I just don't think there's enough juice there. However, we're going to say that there's definitely enough. For, <laughs> he definitely should be rostered in your 15s and definitely should be plugged in while he's playing. Chaz McCormick, uh, where who else? Jake Myers and Jolks. It's a mess. These guys are in and out, like playing two out of three each. And. Pretty much just tough to really gauge who's going to play when and how often, how long is the stretch going to be, and who's producing. And even if they are producing, are they getting enough playing time? It's something I'm trying to avoid because although there is category upside with these guys and being part of this, you want this, you want a part of this lineup. He's not; they're not playing consistent enough for my liking. So it's like if you set them, if you set them for the week, what are they going to play? What if they play four out of seven? But they could play six out of seven. They can also play five out of seven. That's the problem with this team. Not to mention, if you play in FPC formats like I do, it's it's period by period. They could play one out of three. They could play three out of three. You don't know what you're getting, and that has that, that's frustrating and hard to honestly bake into anything. Your plans, uh, what, what you're doing. Yanier Diaz is a very good C two option right now. Bat first prospect. Good. Can hit for power, can hit for average, can do it all. And as long as he's getting more playing time, as you can see, DH in first base, not catching so much, but is catcher eligible. So he's a guy that you should be looking at if you're desperate for a catch two in leagues, not so much as a C1. He's not there yet. And then you have the Angels. It's really hard to see what's going on here. There's not much going on here, I should say. Uh, Renfro hit, hit, kind of worked his way down. <laughs> uh, he's not hitting well right now. He's, he's struggling, but we know Renfro at his best, big time power upside. So keep an eye on that. Brandon Jury's been good lately. He's kind of showing out. He's showing kind of like a happy medium between two years ago and last year, where, or was it the first half, second half, wherever it was. I'm trying to remember how it worked out for him. We had like a really good half of baseball. I think it was last year. First half with the uh, Reds, second half with the Padres, if memory serves correctly. And it was like up and down. I think he's hitting kind of that middle ground. Matt Dice, solid C2 option right now, hitting the middle of the order. Can't complain. And then you have your Taylor Ward and company up at the top. Ward back to his old good self that we've been waiting on um otherwise yeah it's kind of a lot of rinse and repeat jared walsh sucks he's batting at the bottom of the order and platooning i don't wouldn't even bother rostering him to be honest in most formats and zach netto finally hitting on some of that prospect pedigree it's good to see these young guys get given a chance to actually get run and finally come around i know the power shot he had a two home run game the other day he uh where is he he's he has a couple stolen bases he's hitting well 270 last two weeks Zach Neto could easily work his way back up the lineup, considering, again, how they're moving everyone down. We can see Neto shift his way up, but they don't have that need. They might like him where he's at because he can set the table for those guys in the top of the order as well. But, yeah, Zach Neto definitely paying off now. Unfortunately, not before, like, not wasn't doing so before. On the on the Oakland A's, Ramon Laureano has quietly kind of slotted himself back into the middle of the order, and you can see third and fourth most days. Right there with Seth Brown, Brent Rooker's back to playing more regularly, but still not regularly. Obviously, four out of six, but that's because J.J. Bleday, although strong side platoon, has sat the last two. He's been awful the last two weeks. Langlier's kind of showing signs of life finally. He's been he's great for in terms of like you know you're going to get the plate appearances, but he's dragging your batting average down right now. Kevin Smith is quietly back to playing just about every day here for this team. Chase Pearson, good, solid. He has like three stolen bases, two home runs over the last two weeks. He's just quietly good, and he's, he did this for the Brewers too, where he just Pearson just has times and stretches of being very relevant, but it's hard to bank on that. But he is a he's a platoon bat, so I understand that schedules schedule matters heavily for him. Other than that. 
this team is kind of what you know. Noda still batting second, solid power upside, great on base guy, but runs are he's playing every day right now, so you don't have to rub platoons right now. A lot to like there with Ryan Noda. Now we're almost done here. We got the Mariners, which the Mariners have come around a little bit, but playing the Marlins yesterday and hitting some lefties never hurts. But you have JP Crawford leading off, France batting third. Kelnick slowed down, but still batting in the middle of the order pretty regularly. Teo is kind of picking up finally. He's getting going, showing signs of life, which you wanted to see. It took him some time to adjust. And um, I do. I was pretty in on him at cost earlier this year. I, was, I got really down on him really quick. And I'm, I mean, I'm still optimistic. I still really like him. I just want to see it happen for more than a week or two. But we know Teo's good. We know he can be good, especially and go on some of the hottest stretches you'll see. So maybe that's happening here. Mike Ford. He's getting playing time. He's a strong side platoon bat, hitting for power, but killing your batting average. So you have to prepare for that. But as long as he has playing time, you know there's home runs here. And there's going to be strong side platoon equals playing time here. So there's that. Uh, other than that, Dylan Moore's played two of three, but he only faces, obviously, you can see lefties, lefties. They have platoon bats, lefties. <laughs> it is what it is there. It's, it's just you got to go with the, you got to understand the platoons. And yeah, it's just such a boring. Caballero is not good anymore. Like he had, he go, he produces in bunches. It seems like, and you can't really bank on that, you know. And last team here is going to be the Texas Rangers. Which what is there really to say? This team is amazing. Ezekiel Duran is back and doing the things. Garver's playing enough. The problem is, is Garver's like still about seven or six games away from getting that catcher eligibility. You have platoons to watch out for, but pretty much the top two thirds of this lineup set and forget. And then you have. Duran and Tavares, who are kind of set and forget at the bottom. So it's really just the DH. You really don't have to worry about Haim losing playing time. Duran's going to play. He has a little pop, a little speed. Tavares, same thing. More speed than pop. But both very useful. Should be rostered in most formats. So not really much to say on that Texas. So that's going to do it for the stream. We did it under an hour. I'm very happy about that. Appreciate it. Sorry about the mix-up in between during the whole like thing. But uh, we're good. Appreciate those who checked it out on TikTok. And appreciate everything in terms of the YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're listening to the podcast, five-star rating review on your way out is greatly appreciated. And until next time, I'm Mike with GT Fantasy, and we'll talk soon.